Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my guy, Dr. McCracken at Denver Hair Surgery. I think I've uh, mentioned this before that uh, I had two hair transplant surgeries and neither were very successful but I have a huge scar on the back of my head to prove that I actually had it done. So I'm thinking, okay, I'll take another crack at this again. No pun intended. I talked to Dr. McCracken, and I loved the new technology that is out there. He said to me, you're not going to have a cut in the back of your head. He said to me, the the recovery is not going to be difficult. The surgery is not going to be painful, and he could not have been any more spot on. The surgery itself was so incredibly, for lack of a better phrase, comfortable, I actually took a video of it while it was happening and put it on Twitter. The recovery could not have been any easier. But here's the deal, man. I cannot wait to see the results. And I'm starting to see some results right now. And I'm so stoked about it that I don't have to wear hats all the time. I don't have to feel self-conscious anymore. It's going to look like I have a pretty decent head of hair just like you, Mace. And I'm feeling Thank pretty you. good about that. Yeah. So with that, mention you heard this to say 500 bucks. Again, you're going to say 500 bucks if you heard this on Mile High Sports Radio. Just mention you heard it on the show. Go to DenverHairSurgery.com. That's DenverHairSurgery.com. Real quick, I, I got the wrong Kevin in the last segment, by the way. I said Kevin Kugler. Yeah. Kevin Burkhart is the number two at Fox on play-by-play. For well, so you know, I did know that. I did not want to correct you. Well, I'm correcting myself. Well, because I didn't correct you, because I have couth. Are you saying I'm uncouth? I just said I have it. I don't even know what the word means, but it sounds cool. We know what uncouth means. That's the thing. That's why it's like, couth, like, well, what is couth? I I agree. I don't know. I just threw the word out there. Apparently it worked. Time now for the lead. The lead, presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Go ahead, Mace. What do you got? Actually, it's funny. You go on uh, MerriamWebster.com. Yeah. Couth. Sophisticated. Polish. So you're saying you are sophisticated and polished. I didn't know what the word meant. Um, Now you do. I do, but then I'm definitely uncouth. Well, now, but now the word uncouth makes sense since there is a, uh, since, since there is an actual word couth, which comes from Middle English. Dude, do you realize you're talking to a guy who got a 440 on the verbal portion of the SAT? Do you think I understand half the things you even say? I I got a 420 on the math. That's a pretty good number. Pretty, ni- pretty my, nice my, number. My, my friend, uh, Ryan Brickman, who was sitting in the other room, he's kind of been shadowing me all day, went to Emerson, really smart school. Uh-huh. I think he probably got like a 1500 on the SATs. I got an 860. SATs don't reveal all about how smart anybody is. Well, I got to tell you something. People don't think I'm very smart. Then I tell them my score and they say, that makes sense. Time now for the lead. We already did it. Do it again. Do it again. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. 
NFL.com had an article titled The Most Important Free Agent Needs of Every AFC Team. Article says the Broncos' two biggest free agent needs are pass rusher and cornerback. This is what was written. Trading for Russell Wilson forced me to scrap everything. I've written about the Broncos' needs. This was a playoff-ready team without a quarterback. Now George Payne can spend his offseason sprucing up the defense. Edge rusher is necessary. Bringing back Von Miller would be a fine place to start. Adding depth to the secondary with Kyle Fuller and Bryce Shanahan headed to free agency is also on the to-do list. Top three things, what they need in order. Edge rusher. Yes. Number one. Yes. Now it's a toss-up between two and three. Because I, I I can argue it's not cornerback, but I can also argue it is. You can argue for cornerback. You can argue for... RT. That's not retweet. You can, you can argue for a defensive end. Yep. And you can also argue for right tackle, too. Well, defensive end is essentially, essentially a pass rusher, unless you're talking about a well, defensive edge end. Ru- no, I'm talking about specifically edge rusher. You mean the guy one. who's going to replace Shelby Harris? Yes. Okay. Interior defensive lineman. They're, would, they're, yeah, those guys are rotational guys. You're not yeah. going to spend a lot of money right. on those guys unless it is Aaron Donald. Yeah, the, the question then on right tackle is, for is how long do you want to solve the problem? Do you want to solve the problem for multiple years, or do you want to get by for another year? I think at right tackle, just based on allocation of resources, they are much more likely to go with a bridge type of guy and then pick a right tackle to develop. In Wait, a bridge guy where? At right tackle. Another guy for like a, another one or two year guy. Right. I think that sounds about right. Yes. The guy, the guys that I think they're looking at are very much late career guys that you're just trying to get a year out of while you develop somebody. Right. Didn't right we talk tackle. about a guy yesterday? Dennis Kelly. Yeah. He might work out of Green you. Bay. Yep. And the, the deeper thing on him is not only coming from Green Bay, playing for Nathaniel Hackett, but where was he before he was in Tennessee where he paid, played for Matt LaFleur? So. Schematically, Broncos fit what he's going, what uh, what he does. Uh, he's he, he's a vet. He's basically going year to year at this point. I think you could see Kelly. I think you could also see Bob Bobby Massey back. I would say cornerback is the number two need for this reason, mm-hmm. because it is my understanding they're going to go very heavy nickel dime. Yeah. So they have to have guys. Uh, I had a conversation with somebody today who talked to Chris Harris about three four days ago. And he is interested in coming here. Mm-hmm. I've also been told there have been very, very preliminary, 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 preliminary discussions in order to bring him back. So through two different sources, mm-hmm. one, Chris Harris would like to come back. I'm not saying he's dying to come back. He's certainly open to coming back. And then uh, the Broncos are interested in him as well. He makes perfect sense. Yep. Makes perfect sense because he's been in this defense uh, for Two, for two of the last three years uh, with Vic Fangio in Denver in 2019, then again under Brandon Staley with the Chargers in 2021. And he makes perfect sense because you you really need to, a, a very good slot corner. Bryce Callahan is still in the mix, but the question is, can he stay healthy? Chris Harris Jr., a little better injury history over time than Bryce Callahan has. You know another big thing that I think people are overlooking is the fact that Idrio Evero, the new defensive coordinator, was a coach in Los Angeles, and Chris Harris was a cornerback in Los Angeles. Evero, I, th- I, I think that's being totally overlooked. But Evero worked for the Rams and Harris was the Chargers. I know. <sighs> I know. 
It was a joke that went flat. I uh. was kidding. But you had to correct me. Thank you. Andrew. I wasn't correcting you. All I said, I was, I was, I was adding, not even I was adding information. I, we're in Los Angeles. Oh, for God's sake. Come on, Mason. Yeah. Can't you just give it to me? They both were in Los Angeles. Okay, fine. They were both in L.A. Thank you. But I I'm was like, not wrong. But I'm like, but it was kind of nonsense. I was because not they were with, wrong. Because they, I were, am they weren't with the same team. I'm always nonsense. I'm a big child. We both know that. Coming up after the break, there is one guy who believes Chandler Jones is coming here. We will tell you who that guy is next. <laughs> Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, you need to go to Mile High, or excuse me, you need to go to a Rocky Mountain Forest Products, rmfp.com. By the way, their lumber that they have there, you have seen it all over Denver. You see it in Power Field and Coors Field as well. They get it straight from the mill. The quality is fantastic, but really the pricing is outstanding as well. Again, you're getting wholesale lumber. Think about how much you're going to save on a project, whether it is a deck or a fence. You need to go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products, find them in Wheat Ridge, or go to rmfp.com. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. Okay, Mesa, let's talk about some guys who might be on the Broncos next week as the uh, as free agency begins. A mm-hmm. uh, mutual friend of ours, Benjamin Albright, he was on your DNVR podcast today, and I believe he said that the Broncos – Number one target at pass rusher, edge rusher specifically, edge rusher is Chandler Jones. Mm -hmm. Now, Chandler Jones recently said, to be completely honest, it's not all about money. Where I'm at in my career, I've gotten contracts, I've gotten to the Super Bowl, and I've gotten a Super Bowl win, Mm -hmm. but I think scheme is huge. Or for me, winning more championships. I'll say it again, not about money. I will say I want to go to a place that maximizes my talents. This scheme should maximize him very well. Why do you believe that? It'll get it'll give him opportunities that and and he's had those opportunities in Arizona as well, but he will be basically be free to do mostly one thing and that's rush the passer. He can kind of specialize in that. Um the one thing that'll be interesting here, of course, is uh, 
you know what kind of help he gets elsewhere if he if if he comes here. You're gonna they're losing they're losing Shelby Harris. You have Draymond Jones on the inside. What can Bradley Chubb do on the outside? Because it's it's the kind of scenario where if he can get some one on ones, then he has the capability to match the kind of prodigious sack totals he had in Arizona when he over three years from 17 to 19 put up 17 13 and 19 sacks in those years let me uh let me read you a tweet from a buddy of mine who has covered the cardinals for a long time mm-hmm. this is what he sent me <clears throat> i'll read it verbatim about chandler jones good locker room guy good interview personable great player the numbers speak for themselves over the years he is slowing down though he said here is your number one takeaway Look at his sack totals last year. Ten and a half, mm-hmm. I think. Ten and a half, yep. He had five in week one against the Titans. He was a monster. But for the remaining 16 games of 2021, he had five and a half sacks. And too many games, it was like, where is Chandler Jones? We need a play. Where is Chandler Jones? And he rarely delivered as the Cardinals season went off on a cliff. He was low impact as the season went on. There's a reason the cards are letting him walk and didn't lock him up long-term last year. What do you make of that? I would also say that uh, he missed a couple of games because of injury, and he wasn't the same player when he came back from injury, too. When was he injured? Uh, weeks. Uh, he missed game six and game seven. Okay. Well, what game. happened game two, three, four, and five? Game two, three, four, and five, he had no sit. he had no sacks, and he had eight quarterback hits. Okay, good. Good. But are we always going to fall back on while the guy got injured? Because all we guys, don't, all we don't, guys we are We don't injured. fall back on that, but I think, oh, I think we do. I think, it's, I think it's worth noting, and I think another thing that, y'all to, that uh, you're looking at with Chandler Jones here is... Um, I'm not saying he's not yeah, a terrific player. Yeah, I, I would say Chandler Jones probably has... If you're talking about Chandler Jones or Vaughn Miller, well, Jones has been better over the course of the last few last three years than Von Miller has. How much do you think he's going to cost? Probably about uh, 16 to $17 million. I think so too, but here's the funny thing. And I'm going to go back to what a little said. bit less than Von Miller. I think will, will yeah. cost. Okay. I'll go back to what he said. It's not all about money. I think if Houston needed him, they'd offer him 19, 20. Yeah. I think a team would offer him more. I'm not suggesting he would take a discount to come here, but at the end of the day, if he comes here for 16, 17, you can make the case for a guy of his caliber. He would be taking a discount, not to mention um, he and Russell Wilson have a pretty good relationship. Actually, they have an intimate relationship. Intimate. Would you like to know how intimate they are? Tell me. Chandler Jones has sacked mm-hmm. Russell Wilson 13 and a half times. Yeah. He, intimate where he's been on top of him. Oh, no, no, no. But I'm bummed. Yeah. The one, the other thing about um, Danny, you yeah. totally blew it. Yeah. You had your opportunity. What were you going to have him play? I wouldn't do the rim shot on that. No. Oh. How about crickets? I thought. I no. thought. I thought he was going to like. Go, <laughs> there was a cut of a. There was somewhere deep, a deep cut of like uh, Marvin Gaye singing "Let's Get It On" or something like that. You know. Danny slow. Danny slow today. Usually he's all. We have the. Uh, we did in the old system. I don't know if it made its way over to this new one, but we did have careless whisper that oh. Danny Williams <laughs> used <laughs> that a lot. The sax solo. Was, yep. Yep. Oh yeah, that's good. Load stuff. that up, would you? Yeah, that's good stuff. 
All right. Shelby. But anyway, but look, I think he make he does make sense. I, and again, the other thing also with him, he's thinking about his legacy. Right. Another couple of ten sack seasons, and if you he's on a team that goes back to the Super Bowl and another Pro Bowl appearance, believe it or not, you're talking about Chandler Jones having a Hall of Fame resume. By the, and I don't think he feels like he helps that resume in Houston, but he could help it with a team that has Russell Wilson. Right. All right, uh, Shelby Harris's role. We talked about, mm-hmm. I'll call it defensive end, okay, because that's essentially what it is in a 3-4. Any, any thoughts? I don't expect a star. I mean, you can... I know it's fun to talk about Calais Campbell coming home, but I don't think we're talking about somebody like him. Um, I'll bet you the name that you've heard is the same that I've heard. Which is? From the Rams, Sebastian Joseph Day. Right. Yeah. Torn pack last year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Pretty was playing good. well. Actually, was playing was playing his best ball before he tore his pack. Right. Understands uh, Evero, obviously. Mm-hmm. And you might get him at a discount. Because he's coming off that torn pack. I mean, I think the thing is have reasonable expectations for him. He's a he's a plugger. He's a he's a solid player. Remember, he he's not going to have Aaron Donald next to him anymore. Right. But he is he is a solid starter, and you're hoping that uh, he can play a little bit off of the attention that Draymond Jones is going to get on the interior. He's the numbers aren't going to wow you from Sebastian Joseph Day. But if you look up at the end of the season and you see, and you see four sacks and you see a hurry or two a game from him, that's right. That's not what you're looking for. That's, you're looking for can he tie up guys? Well, that's but I'm saying like if you're looking at the numbers, if you look up and see that at the end of the year, that means he probably had a pretty good year. That means he probably and he probably did do enough to get attention from opposing defensive defensive lines. That's a key. You got to be have a little bit of a level of production to get those double teams. The and, bo- I think he'll, and I think he'll do that. The bottom line is, can he tie up guys, not to mention, he's going to be a rotational guy anyway. Just like Shelby Harris was a rotational guy. Is, is, is Sebastian going to knock down passes like Shelby Harris? No, because very few people knock down passes like Shelby Harris. He had three in 2020. Well. Yeah. That's not... He also won't have. That's not. Uh, he also, Shelby Harris. yeah. He also won't have Bill Kolar screaming in his ear on a regular basis because Kolar is now just a consultant. Why are you saying that's a good thing or a bad thing? I'm saying that Kolar, that was his big. Shelby point of, loved Kolar. No, no, I'm not saying guys didn't. I'm saying that Bill Kolar's big point of emphasis was knocking down passes. If you can't get to the quarterback, get your arms up. Right. That was his. That was what he coached guys to do, and she, and Shelby bought into that better than almost anybody I've ever seen that we've seen. Coming up after the break, I really got to be in my bonnet about one of the new rules changes in baseball because of the CBA. You're going to really have to knock me off my block to change my mind on this. Okay. I understand the argument about it, but this makes no sense to me at all. This new rule in Major League Baseball. We'll talk about it next. Afternoon 
Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Optimum Golf. Take your game to the next level this offseason at Denver's best indoor virtual facility in the Park Hill and Rhino neighborhoods. Book your tee time today at TheOptimumGolf.com. Okay, one of the new parts of the collective bargaining agreement in baseball, the shift will be prohibited. Your team, Joe Madden, the former manager of the Tampa Bay Rays, introduced everybody to the shift. Batters complained about it. Now it is no longer. Is the shift bad for baseball? It's as of next year, right? Happens next year. Is it bad for baseball? Well, the way to beat the shift is to follow the old cliche saying, hit them where they ain't, right? Like, Yeah. I, like, you, you overshift. If all of a sudden you got nobody on third base, I don't care. I'm telling the guy to play, bunt that thing over to third where nobody is there and take the and, and take your single, right? Are you going to tell pitchers to stop throwing curveballs because they're too hard to hit? Exactly. Are you? Are you, are you going to tell basketball players, we'll make it easier on you, we'll make nine-foot rims? Mm-hmm. Maybe... So we can get more scoring in hockey, we'll widen the net. Maybe we'll do that for you too. Well, the bases are getting bigger too. Do you see that? No, I did not. Yeah, the bases it's are very getting... exciting. I don't get this at all. You know what? Who was the last guy to hit four hundred? Ted Williams. Uh, yes. You want to hit four hundred? Take advantage of the shift, dummy. There's nobody standing there. The terminology in baseball is hit them where they ain't, and they yeah. ain't anywhere near. The ball, if you can find a way to put the ball in play where you have a huge open field. And if you hit it to all fields, they can't shift you. The, the genius of Tony Gwynn and why he was the last batter to threaten for, to legitimately threaten 400 was because he just, you know, just poke, just poke it in the outfield, right? You know why they're doing this, right? Because we need more home runs. Yeah. We need more home runs. Let let the power hitters pull the ball. Why, why in the world should you not try and take advantage of something where they are giving you the advantage? You know what it's like? It's like a player who doesn't get guarded on a three-point shot. Mm-hmm. I got news for you. You can go to town if you work on your three-point shot. Yeah. You can be Steph Curry out there if you want to be. Mm-hmm. Don't complain about it. Do something about it. It's so it's ridiculous that they are getting rid of this. I mean, I'm looking because, at it. Yeah. Because you don't have the ability to go the other way. You are a professional hitter. Someone, Learn to yeah, be one. Someone pulled this up uh, on Twitter. This was from, uh, from four years ago. Uh, Joey Gallo going against the Houston Astros. And literally the Astros have... have one person to the left of second base in the infield or outfield. And that, and and he is about 10 steps ahead of the warning track in left field. 
and everybody else is to the right of second base. And I, and I'm looking at this, and I'll I'll show you here. And if I'm and if I'm sitting there watching this, if I were in the dugout, I'd be yelling, "Just bunt or poke that thing down the third baseline." That is- and just keep running until they because. If you've got any if you've got any kind of wheels about you, you're going to get a double out of that thing because no one can get over there fast enough. Here's the thing: I understand the problem. If you if Joey Gallo's a left-handed hitter, right? Is that yeah, correct? He's a lefty. Yep. The left-handed hitter, so they're playing him to pull on the ship. Uh-huh. Now, if you're telling me that the pitcher is pounding fastballs on the inside of the plate, yes, it would make it difficult. Mm-hmm. But pitchers aren't that accurate. They're going to slip one a little bit outside. But no, I'm, I am I want to pull the ball because I don't want to go the other way. I want my home run. I want my stats. How about get on base and help your team? Yeah. Then they can't shift Seriously? you. Yeah. If you, can hit, if you can hit to all fields, they can't shift you. Here's the funny thing about the shift. They're saying that the shift makes offenses worse. Right, that's why they're changing the right, rule. Right, because because so you're not going to score as many runs. So many times batters hit into the shift. You know what? As my grandmother would say, that is so vacocta. You know the dimensions of a baseball field. Yeah. Tell me how much room out there Joey Gallo has to hit the ball. Kind of like throwing a stone into the ocean. How much room does he have? He has li- he has nearly half the half the field in front of him. And you're telling me that runs are going to be down because somebody's playing the shift? And here's the thing. Uh, if guys, if, if batters would have just said, taken what was there, you know what would have happened? They would stop shifting you. Right. And then all of a sudden you can, you can have, you can bat normally. I think it's trying to legislate a solu- a solution when I think with proper play, the solution would have happened naturally. It's kind trying of, to take a shortcut to it. It's kind of like in basketball saying, we need more three-pointers. So you know what we're going to do? What we're going to do is we're going to outlaw man-to-man defense. Because mm-hmm. we need more three-pointers. We only want zone. That's all we're going to tolerate because we want more three-pointers. I understand baseball has a right to change the rule, but honestly, you need two sides to agree to it. And the side that is agreeing to it are the baseball players. They don't like it. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I think pitchers love it. They absolutely love it. I talked to a Major League Baseball player today. Mm-hmm. He thinks them changing this rule is a joke. Then again, he's a pitcher. Yeah. But may- maybe. Uh, like I said, curveball shouldn't be thrown anymore. They're just too hard to hit. You, you want more baseball? You want more runs? Everything's fastball. That'd make it easy, wouldn't it? Everyone's just going to be sitting on a fastball. You'd have guys who hit like 750 if that happened. You want more offense? They just That's time what, it up. You want more offense? That's how you do it. We, we can find all kinds of rules changes to get as many runs as possible. How about throwing it underhand? Maybe that would help too. Yeah. You want your scores to be 25 to 23? You want You want football scores every night? Right. Yeah. It's, it's the guys, the guys that don't like it are the guys who want big stats so they can get big paychecks. By the way, right. by the way, if you want football scores, if you want more offense, 
You know what a con- you know what a consequence of that is? Longer games. Then you have a pace of play thing again. Wait, in b- baseball? Or- yeah. If you have, if you have long if you have high, higher scoring games usually take forever. Pitching changes, more pitches, more time to get outs, etc. Right? Yep. So then you then you go back to the pace of play problem. I want to read you a couple of reactions I got on Twitter when I put something like this out there today. Yeah. On the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. Eric, have you watched modern baseball? Modern analytics have killed the game. They need to get the game to be more ball hit into play and not glorified batting practice. Huh. So what do you think he means by that? And by the way, I haven't watched modern baseball. I only watch games from the 20s. What he's talking about is the fact that a lot of... They're all in black and white. They're all running really fast. Everyone's going for the fences, and there's basically like the stolen base has mostly died in baseball. Right. It's it's not... You don't have as many hit, hit and runs. Everyone's everyone's playing for the three run homer. It's basically what we what we are at is the uh, the end point of the natural evolution of uh, Earl Weaver back in the seventies and early eighties, structuring his tactics around pitching defense and the three run homer. Here's another tweet, and this one I agree with. It would be like disallowing teams to play certain coverages in the NFL. Ooh. If somebody comes up with a really good idea, why are you putting the kibosh on it? Well, hey, so, wait. The the game is about offense and defense in baseball, essentially, isn't it? Well, it, and, but, and but if I'll, you but, know how a guy hits, why should you be punished for knowing where a guy hits the ball? Well, part of it is also you're talking about the attractiveness of the game. Like for example, in hockey, the neutral zone trap basically stultified the game for about fifteen or twenty years, right? Some sometimes one side gets too much of an advantage. Like in football in the seventies, in nineteen seventy eight, when they when they banned uh, contact between the d- defender and the receiver after five yards beyond the line of scrimmage, that was done because defenses had basically established a chokehold right. on offensive football. You know, I think it'd be a great idea. You want to increase the offense, make the gloves smaller. You could do that, right? Make the gloves smaller. A little bit, yeah. That would work. Want more offense? Just do that. It's like in hockey, haven't they done things to uh, goalie pads? Yes, they have. Yes. They've shrunk them. Yes, exactly. I understand. The, 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 here's a take from TJ on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. These takes are ignorant about hitting. Saying this about what I what I put out. You can bunt the other way, but if you're getting 95-mile-per-hour fastballs inside consistently, well, you're going to pull the ball the majority of the time. How many pitchers do you know that can consistently throw a strike on the inside of the plate at 95 miles an hour? Consistently. <laughs> you know who could do that? Um, guys who are in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, you're basically... Not middle relievers, talking, I can tell you that. Talking about, That's why they're middle relievers. You're going like Scherzer, Verlander. Right. I mean, you're talking about the, the guys who get paid for a reason. Right. Yeah. So, because they're rare. They're unicorns. Right. So you're not going to get inside fastballs 95 miles per hour by every single pitcher. You are by Hall of Fame pitchers, but generally speaking, there are only about 10 of them in the league right now. Other than that, <laughs> it's going to be a field day when you have all that field to work with. Mm-hmm. You know what? I understand you get paid for home runs. I think you're going to get paid for a 400 batting average. Ideally, yes. Yes, you would. What do we have coming up on Just In Case You Missed It? 
March Madness continues, and as of right now, Indiana still alive, North Carolina still alive, the CU Buffs still alive, the CSU Rams playing late tonight right here on Mile High Sports Radio, 10 o'clock tip for that game. We'll also talk about the Nuggets matchup tomorrow with the Raptors. That's coming up next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. SmileEyesports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two for one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. March Madness continues today and throughout the rest of the month. Uh, we all had our teams in action today. Indiana already beat number 16 Illinois, the number one team in the Big Ten tournament. They will play in the semifinals versus number 24 ranked Iowa tomorrow at 1 p.m. Colorado still alive in the Pac-12, but a tough test for them tonight against number two Arizona, 7 o'clock p.m. CSU getting it down in the Mountain West Conference semifinals. San Diego State University, a late game tonight, 10 p.m. And then Virginia Tech versus number 25, North Carolina, 7.30 p.m. in the ACC semis. Would you rather see your team win a conference championship or be a Sweet 16 team? Sweet 16 team all day. Yeah, Sweet 16 easily. Yeah? Oh, yeah. No question? Oh, God. Conference championships mean doesn't nothing. matter. No, irrelevant. They're, I think they're they're kind of relevant. For CU fans, they are. Yes. Yeah. If you never won one, if, if it's your <laughs> only know. way in, and also it's relevant for seeding as well. But uh, and so, like for for example, if you're pulling for a team and they're already in the tournament, you'd like to improve the seed line a little bit. I mean, like for North Carolina, for example, they're probably trying to play their way off of that dreaded eight nine seed line, which would have them against a number one seed in the second round if they win round one so there's motivation there but you still you'll take the sweet 16 all day every day you'll take the sweet 16 coming from from you know me and you indiana fan and you're a north carolina fan your expectations are higher much higher than winning a conference championship not to mention with the ncaa tournament you win a couple of games let's say it's thursday and saturday you have all week to look forward to the next round of games the conference championship that's neat. It's all bunched up into a couple of days. Usually it's on at a time when it's probably inconvenient to watch anyway. Uh, yes, it's exciting with the... Here, I'll ask you this. What's more exciting? Winning your conference championship in football or being one of the four teams in the national playoff? Being I think ra- it's would you rather win it's the more SC- rare. It's more again. rare in college. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's 
fewer conference champions than 16, no? Well, if we go all the conferences, there there are what thirty conferences? I guess, yeah. But of the yeah. of the ma- the power five and the group of five, it's only ten. Right. At the end of the day, they at the end of the day, schools that are big time schools put up national championship banners. They don't put up Big Ten conference tournament champs. I mean, I, I if, guess if you're a, if you're a school that has some you know legitimacy to it, it's actually that a good person to ask here would have been uh, would be uh, Nate Lundy here from our station because Oregon State. Oregon State last year won the conference title and then went to the Elite Eight. Now, they needed to win the conference tournament to get in the tournament, and then they made their run. But when you think back on the season, which one meant more, winning the Pac-12 championship or getting within one game of the Final Four for the first time in 39 years? Yeah, I would say Elite Eight is Mm -hmm. different. Yeah. That's why I put it at Sweet 16, okay. but okay. I think you guys have both made very good points, and well, I, you, I'm coming around to your way of thinking. Coming from I you, still, that means mm-hmm. kind of a lot. No, nah, really. yeah. Go ahead. That's all right. Uh, just in case you missed it, Raptors at Nuggets, 7 o'clock p.m. tomorrow night. There are 15 games left in the regular season for Denver, and no more back-to-backs. The Nuggets have won 12 of their last 15, and they just had a tough loss last night after that stretch of four games in five days. Do you think that playing that stretch of so many games in a short amount of time at this point in the season helps to simulate a playoff level of exhaustion and pushing through that for Denver? Not really, because you don't play four games in five nights. I mean, you're at, at worst, you're playing every other day. I don't think you can simulate it the same. Now, um, as far as playoff intensity, it takes more out of you. I'm with you on that. But you get more rest in the playoffs. And remember something. Golden State, was I don't believe, was playing four games in five nights. So it's a different level. The Nuggets are. They're not. One team comes in more fresh. Not to mention, it's fair to say Golden State starters came in really, 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 really fresh because they didn't play on Monday here in Denver because they didn't even travel. And I would say this. I mean, they get they get through that run 4-1, and one, of course. Uh, of course, Golden State punted the first game that they had against the Nuggets this week. But sort of the one thing you do get out of it is if you can pass that sort of test, then you you feel like you're going to pass the kind of test that the playoffs are going to throw at you. So in a mental state, yes. from a mental state, it probably helps, even though, like Eric said, mm-hmm. the intensity is going to be higher right. in that playoff atmosphere. It's just saying, hey, that's a challenge that we met and, and that we met, we, we met head on and did pretty well. I mean, four out of five, it, with that many games, yeah, I mean, not not everyone was a great team on there. They played the Rockets in that, but four out of five, that's it. That's about as good as you could expect from that many games compressed like that. That's pretty good. Just in case you missed it, speaking of playoff atmosphere, in uh, Ben Simmons' return to Philly last night, his new teammates Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were committed to silencing Sixers fans who were there happily uh, heckling Simmons before the game, while James Harden's lack of luster performance drew jokes about his play in a quote-unquote playoff atmosphere which team do you see right now as more likely to win the east brooklyn or philly philly even after getting blown out last night one by game. the nets in one philly game. one game one game oh okay it's one game i mean who's the best team in the so uh, it shouldn't impact the mvp conversation either when the nuggets play the sixers on monday it should Oh, because it's two guys going head to head. But at the end of the day, who's got the best record in the NBA? It, it's it's circular logic is what it is. 
just because you got listen. I don't know if Philly how many games they were playing in so many nights. I've no I have no idea how many games the Nets were playing in so many nights. Yes, did the 76ers lay an egg? No doubt about it. The Nets are not a good basketball team. At least they aren't right now. They won last night, but they're overall they're not a very good basketball team. They have the better player, no? In Kevin Durant. The Nets have a they, he's better they than have the best player on the court? No, I'd say it's Embiid. No? I th- I'm I'm Embiid's better. No? Who would you rather I would have say, right? I would say no. I would, Kevin Durant's just been hurt this year. Oh, I understand. I would still take him over Embiid all day. I wouldn't. He's better on both ends of the floor. Embiid's, Embiid is a terrific scorer, terrific rebounder, and one of the best defensive players in the league. That's why I'd almost say, and, and I know it's blasphemous to say this, both ends of the floor, he's better than Jokic. He just is because he's a tremendous defensive player. On one end of the floor, Jokic is much better because when you combine everything. But as far as balance goes, who, who's a better offensive and defensive player in this league than Embiid? Who? Well, I would say Jokic is, but you disagree. So, Offensive and defensive. Yeah. Yep. Jokic has improved. Drastically. But he is nowhere near Embiid's level. Embiid is on his own planet. That's how good he is. I think it's a lot closer than that. Okay. Okay. That's fine. I mean, Embiid has scored more points, right? By the way, we got to get out of here. He shoots way more free throws. No question. Well, we know what? When you're aggressive, you're going to get more calls. Jokic isn't overly aggressive. Anyway, I know we need to go. Danny, Nolan, Mace, great job today. We're late already. Make it the best possible night you can. Jim West, Desperado, Rough Rider. No, you don't want nada. None of this. Six gunning this. Brother running this. Buffalo soldier. Look, it's like I told you. Any damsel that's in distress. Be out.